This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. Oh shit! It's Vince Russo! Vince McMahon's best kept secret. I am the Antichrist of professional wrestling. David Arquette won the world title. I've got a wife, three kids at home, and I really don't need this shit. How can this show be so awful, Mr. McMahon? I didn't think it was. But Now you're the editor, right? Mankind did it! Jumpy, jumpy, uh, beep, beep! Goldberg steered Russo on the cake! I'm from New York. I'll get down right nasty. This is Vince Russo's The Brand. I, I'm, 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 I'm cutting my own music. Ow. Oh, yes. I almost had a heart attack. First of all, guys, this is a Lion Tigers Bears and uh, Head. Yes. Oh, I just, bro, you you were unbelievable, man. Because every two weeks I review the Attitude Era show. I do a show. Yeah. And I just had you coming back to the WWE sitting at the desk with Jay. Phenomenal. Phenomenal, oh, yeah. Al. Terrific. I was popping all over the place. Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, this is uh, – I, I just got – I told you, like, early in the week, uh, uh, Jerry Lane is away on assignment. Uh, yeah. So it is me and Al. Al, I almost had a heart attack. I, yeah. I mean, I've seen everything in wrestling. You've seen, you've seen double the amount. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've seen double the amount. I seem to see more and more every day now on uh, social media. Yeah, but it's nothing like this. No. I actually – because, you know, bro, I kind of – comb the uh the the uh, headlines to see what's going on during the week so i got something to talk about right bro they were talking about ovw i know shocking i know bro i had to double triple take <laughs> bro they were talking bro there was actually a picture yeah yeah people actually having a conversation about what's going on in ovw you know, and and I didn't even have to kick a live baby out into the audience. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, listen, but before we get to that, before we get to that, I mean, I, I have to open the show with, um, yeah, Al, you know, learning about the uh, passing of Terry Funk. Uh, oh, yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah, bro. Uh, I, you know, Al, the only thing I could think of, bro, and I, I kind of tweeted this out, you know, it's like, man, when you talk about a man's man, mm-hmm. Like, who was more of a man's man than Terry Funk? You know, Al, I was just talking about the Attitude Era. Yeah. And this is when we brought, you know, Terry was doing Chainsaw T- Charlie and the stuff yeah. with Cactus, and then he started doing the stuff with Flash Funk. Bro, I don't think people understand all the things he was doing during that time. This is 1998, I believe. Yeah. Bro, he was 53 years old, Al. Right, yeah. Yeah, he you know, he was a tough guy. You know, and a lot of those, you know, those guys were tough. The, the tragic, the tragic thing is, is that as we continue to lose more and more of those, those guys, we keep losing more and more of, of what made the business, the business made it the wrestling business and made it a very unique and special uh, art form that, you know, still exists today. And it exists today solely because those people carried it forward. And, and yeah, I know it's evolved and 
it has grown and it's developed and it has intrinsically though there there are aspects of it that need to be passed on and need and and the understanding of those intrinsic elements need to be communicated and the people that are able to do that that possess that ability and that understanding and that experience are leaving us you know at an alarming rate. I mean, really, at an alarming rate. Al, the thing that the thing that worries me, and I think it's important for people to understand that man, because I just talked about uh, Terry Funk at ninety eight years old when he came back to the WWE. Right before, right before that, bro, it was ECW. Right before that, it was those matches in Japan with uh, with Cactus. But bro, we're talking about yeah. like in his fifties because he, here's what I'm afraid of, bro. Here's the first thing I saw. Yeah. Uh, Terry Funk was almost 80. Uh-huh. And, and I looked at that and I'm like, my God, bro, all all the things he did later on in his career. But Al, please make people understand that early on in his career, in his 20s, in his 30s, in his 40s, Terry Funk wasn't doing that stuff, bro. If he had been doing it, he wouldn't have been able to do it in his 50s. I mean, make people understand, you know, he was the the typical heel, double cross ranch, you know, and, and t- please make people understand, bro, what this guy was doing at 53, he was not doing at 23. Well, no, he wasn't. And, you know, even at 53, what he was doing, he wasn't doing excessively or unnecessarily. Bro, he was doing, and he was doing a moonsault, a yeah. moonsault, bro. Yeah. He was doing that at the right time for the right reason to get a response, to get a reaction. He didn't just, you know, throw those things away. He, you know, he was smart. And, and that's why he was able to still do things like that when he was 53 and 54 and 55 and 56, you know, and pull those things off. And everybody was blown away. And, you know, that's funny. It's, it, it really, uh, I've realized this as I've gotten older, you know, being 60 now, like everybody assumes that because you, as you age, that suddenly somehow you become brain addled and infirmed and can't do anything anymore, you know, and you're, oh, you, you know, like you've regressed, like you've went back into, becoming a child you know and it's like look i'm the same person i was 10 years ago and yeah. yeah maybe a little slower a little stiffer you know but that doesn't change the you know if i wanted to i can still go out there and have the physical ability to do the things that i once did i just i know now even from experience when to do them to become even more effective so you know and i i, I tell people all the time like you know, it, the ability to do physical activity, like, you know, athletic ability in the wrestling business doesn't, doesn't draw money. You know, I know they everybody thinks it does nowadays, but like, uh, you know, I'm not bragging. I mean, I could do a 450. I could do a uh, shooting star press. I taught Shane McMahon how to do a shooting star press. Uh, you know, it, uh, at the uh, height of my physical ability, I could stand on the ring apron on the outside of the ropes, spring up in one jump turn in midair, land on the top rope, and moon's all that. Not even break a sweat. When I was in the ECW the second time and wasn't doing as much of that, I was doing a lot more of this, I made a lot more money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and, and it was because I gave the people what they wanted to see, which was they wanted me to be Al Snow with a head 
not Al Snow, the great wrestler that did a bunch of moves and a bunch of flips and a bunch of bumps. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, you know, you know, I still occasionally did those things at places and times, but I didn't do nearly as much as what I had once done because I was reliant on what I did physically as opposed to who I was uh, for the audience. And the more I, it was, I relied on who I was, the more notoriety I got and the more notice I got and the more famous I got and the more money I made. And, you know, that when you hear me giving the advice of, you know, uh, of doing less is more. It's not from a place of, of bitterness. It's not from a place of, you know, uh, not wanting to acknowledge the amazing, fantastic athletic ability that these people possess. It's that they, you know, a, another good example of this would be like a Ray Mysterio. You know, before Ray would go in, got to WWE, I mean, if you go back and watch videos of him in WCW, you go watch him in ECW. I mean, in one match, he did 12, 15, 20 amazing things. But he didn't really become a real star, a real attraction, a major force until he went to WWE. And then in his matches, you saw one, maybe two or three things. And then a lot of those were the ones that you saw every time. And then occasionally he would throw out, uh, you know, a, a move that came out of nowhere that you were like, oh, my God, where did that come from? But he he went from doing 20 things in a match to doing three things in a match. And he ended up becoming more of an attraction because of it. And not because he didn't, you know, he, he wasn't able to do what he had once done because he no longer, he would, he wasn't being paid to do that. The audience was paying to want to see him occasionally pull those out so that when he did pull them out, it meant even that much more, you know, as opposed yeah. to throwing him out there 20 at a time on a match. I don't, I mean, I don't doubt for one second that you are still capable of doing that, but can we, um, can we be honest about one thing? Hmm. Uh, these uh, working out uh, pictures that you occasionally put up. Yes. Yes. Clearly uh, doctored and trick photography. Now, you know, now the, the normal, great lighting, great lighting in the, the normal eye at home might not realize that. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I mean, Lou Albano would, without a shadow of a doubt, trick photographer. Yeah. Doctored, doctored, because I just, you know, especially with, you know, uh, Photoshop, I can put my head on other people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Al, listen, you talked about bitterness. Bro, listen, if the bitterness doesn't go away now that Al has his own freaking television show, yeah. then you can all kiss my ass. Not now. I believe, I believe the date is September 13th. September 13th. Beautiful. Wrestlers on Netflix. Yeah. Al, listen, I, I know you couldn't talk about this for a long time. I don't yeah. just want to promote the show, bro. I want you to bring me back to the begin. This is freaking huge. I cannot yeah. wait to see this. So how did this come about, bro? So this was a one in a million shot. Uh, you know, I, I had, uh, you know, we brought on other partners, you know, they got a majority stake in the company, uh, mayor of Louisville now is Craig Greenberg and, uh, radio personality, Matt Jones, uh, a guy by the name of Jeff Tovlin and, uh, a fourth guy, uh, and that group came on and it just so happened that Craig and his wife apparently had went to school 
uh, back in high school with an executive from BBC America. And that the, the lady had come into town for a, uh, the executive had come into town for a wedding or something, and they met up, and one thing led to another. Uh, conversations began, and then the next thing you know, you know, we had BBC here uh, filming like a teaser uh, one, and uh, some more conversations happened. And then, uh, and this is one of these things that let me make this perfectly clear because I, I, this happens to me weekly. This uh, is one of these things where you're thinking in your head, oh, brother, this is great, but yeah. there's, there's no way this is happening right, right now. <laughs> well, you know, hey, let's face it. Now, you and I have been around. If we had a dime for every one of these uh, right. <laughs> life changing things, you know, yes. Yes. yes, if we had a dime for that. We'd yes. both be on an island somewhere with with strippers answering the phone for us. Yes. You know I mean? yes. So you're 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 go you're going through the motions. This is great. You want to shoot something BBC? You great. Know. You never know. You never know. Right. So you know, and you know the process. They, the BBC America comes. They film a teaser teaser tape. You know, now they've got to use this to pitch to not only you know uh, a network. They've got to pitch it to you know uh, a producer, a director. And they just so happen they they capture and he is amazing. And if anybody wants an example of his work, go watch Last Chance You or Cheer, especially uh, Cheer. Cheer's a little closer, I think, in representation to kind of what you know he did with uh, wrestlers. And um, you know he, he you know he signed on. Once he signed on, then it was you know then Netflix. Uh, green-lighted the project. So BBC America showed up here last year from at the end of May, uh, and then they were here 24 hours a day, seven days a week, uh, until the end of August. And, I mean, they filmed, they just filmed everything. They, they, they've, you know, it's a, I want it understood, it's not a, it's not a show, it's a docu-series, it's a documentary, and that was one of the things that Greg really wanted was he wanted everyone to be who they really were and, you know, behave the way they really behave. And, you know, and so that he could show uh, what it, you know, the life and the struggles and the passion. And I think that's what really comes across is the passion that everyone involved, not just in OVW, but guys that are, across the, the board that are in professional wrestling that then, you know, how much they desire and the drive to make their dreams come true and how they've got to live their lives and they've got to make, you know, allowances that make it possible for them to do it. And it, you know, and, and, and I've always said, and it's not because I've done it, but you know, and I'm like putting it over, but this is really honestly, even if when you're at the top, let's say you're, you're literally, you know, the main event WrestleMania, it does not get easier. No, this life is always one of the most challenging and hardest things to do, both physically and mentally, emotionally, financially. I mean, it is not, it's not easy for you to pursue. And, and that's a large reason why there's always, there's such a high rate of, you know, I guess you could call it failure. You know, it's a it's almost a ninety nine point nine percent guarantee that 
you know, you're probably not going to go get to that one tenth of a percent that make it to the top and are in, in WWE, you know, and then to be in WWE and get a run and then to be in WWE and get a run and be, a, you know, of some kind of major force there. It, Al, I, I, I got to tell you something, bro. And then and then I want you to go on. But I just want to say this to make this clear. Please yeah. let me make this clear. As somebody that was in it with three different companies, meaning myself, Al, I was in the wrestling business, okay, like you. I can't imagine with what I dealt with and what I had to go through, which is what every wrestler has to deal with and has to go through. I can't imagine having to add the physical aspect to that bro i i I can't imagine like al i I, and that's why i make that clear all the time i know what i went through the boys go through with management and their push and this and that and all all the bs but then on top of that bro the physical bro there's no no knowing all that no way in the world i would have ever been able to do that out yeah well, you know, and the travel and everything else on top of it. it, it and, and the one thing I try to impart, not as a discouragement, but so that, you know, they have re- they have a realistic understanding of what it is they're pursuing, you know, because everybody now it's it's now it's become not like when I got in the business, like my genuinely I had three goals when I got in the wrestling business. One was that I wanted to be able to make a good living doing it. You know, two was that I wanted to have matches that created memories. I wanted to make memorable moments. And three is I wanted to make a name for myself that lasted, you know, beyond my time in the business. And uh, and I think I've done okay with all three of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, though, every single young person I've spoken to that I train and I deal with, the, all of them, two, two, two goals. First one, number one. I want to make it WV. That's it. Hey, and I understand, you know, but, you know, and, you know, I, I get it. And the second is, I, I just want to get signed by a company. I don't care who it is. If I can't get it to WWE, at least if I get signed by a company, because it's now become like a status symbol within the uh, the wrestling community. Well, I'm, I'm signed, you know, I'm signed with such and such a company. And that they, they truly care about that. The the thing I try to impart upon them is that hey, listen, if that that's your sole drive, your sole reason to want to be in the wrestling business, I, I can't advise you enough to 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 not do it. And the reason I do that is because well, you're not going to be happy once you get it. You're not going to be satisfied. You know, the person who enjoys the journey enjoys walking more than the person who only enjoys the destination. And once you get there, what you don't realize is that is right now you have nothing to lose and you have everything to gain, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you're already dealing with the stress and the pressure of trying to just get it. And that in itself is a very challenging situation. What they fail to realize, because they think that once they arrive, oh, they've made it. It's, that's where the real work starts. Mm-hmm. One, that's where you got to turn it up physically in the ring and mentally and emotionally every time you go out there and perform, because at the end of the day, whether you like it or not, you're only as good as the last time you performed. Mm -hmm. You can go up to bat a thousand times 
And you could literally 990 times hit a home run. But that one time you don't is the one time they're going to remember. The one time you hit a grounder, the one time you struck out, they're going to, that's going to stand out more than 999. And that's just human nature. That is what it is. People can say whatever they want, but the pressure of knowing that every single time you walk to that ring, you're being evaluated and based on your performance and whether or not it's driving business, it's driving ticket sales, not to mention the intense competition that is in that locker room. Because if you go out there and listen, you're the same, you're going to be doing the exact same thing if you were sitting backstage. So don't fool yourself. And there you go out there and you have 30 seconds of television time. There are at least 10 people that are sitting in that backstage locker room that are going, why they get 30 seconds of television time. I should have gotten that 30 seconds of television time. And now they're endeavoring to take it away, to take your spot. And, and now be, be you are literally 20. Tell, tell me if I'm wrong. Okay. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. This is your life. You are consumed by it because you are playing poker 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You're always thinking you're, th- you're playing chess and poker with not only your fellow wrestlers, you're also doing it with the very company you're working for. Yeah. And, 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 and everyone's doing it with you as well. Al, that's why I was going to tell you, bro, I think you're missing a very, very important step because you're talking about, you know, the, you know, going to the ring and performing. Bro, let's back that up to you walking in the door and they're watching the way you carry yourself and what you say and whose hand before we even get to the... Bro, your career could be over before you even get in the ring. You've got to be as adept at working backstage as you are at working in the ring. Absolutely. That's a fact. And that is, that's playing poker and playing chess with everyone all the time. You're literally friendly with, and you're com. you know, there's a great camaraderie and all of that. But remember at the end of the day, you're competing, you know, you're competing. And here's the thing. Here's the rub. Now you start going up the card. Well, now the stakes get higher. The pressure gets more to deliver. Now you, and you get to that, Everybody's like, oh, I want a title. I want a title. I want I want to be in the main event. Okay, do you realize now the responsibility is you're carrying the company. You are now responsible for every other person that's on that show's means of making a living. We're reliant on you. And then we're 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 all, you know, wanting to take your spot, but we're all hoping that you do a hell of a job. Because we all if you do good and you do better, we all make more too. Mm-hmm. If you do bad and we do, we don't do, you don't do better. Well, then we suffer as well. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't benefit us for you to fail. You know, it, you know, we want your spot. We want to be at the top too, but we we also, we also need and want you to succeed, which forces us to compete that much harder. And for, and that's how you, you evolve. The business keeps the what the you know the tide keeps rising, and all the ships at the same time rise as well. You know that we used to have that a, a tradition in the business of you know when Steve Austin was on top and when Hogan was on top. You know, uh, you know back when it was Hogan, 
that, that, you know, a lot of the boys would go, hey, you know, and when Steve was too, we'd all, hey, thanks for the house, Steve, because we knew Steve was responsible for the house. And you said, thank you, because without Steve being on top and without Steve busting his ass and whenever he went out there every night, the house wasn't going to be the same and you weren't going to make as much money. That's just a fact. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you would say the same thing to Hogan. You'd go up to Hogan, hey, thanks for the house. But you also said to Hogan, thank you for having me on your card. And then what that meant was because WWE would sometimes run A and B towns and mm-hmm. C towns. Mm-hmm. And if you weren't on the Hogan card, brother, the house wasn't going to be nearly what it would be. Yeah. And if you, and that meant you weren't going to make the nearly amount of money the same. So that's why you would go up and say, hey, you know, Hulk, thank you for having me on your card. Because now I have a, you know, I'm going to make more money in that spot than I would have if I'd have made it on the uh, C town or the B town. Yeah. Yeah, you know. right, let's get, let, let's get. I want I want to get back to wrestlers. Yeah. September thirteenth, yeah. September thirteenth, uh, the docu series premieres. Uh, I think it's seven episodes, uh, and like I said, Greg Whiteley, uh, just a, a genius. Like if anybody again wants examples of his work, go watch. He's won won a bunch of Emmys for Last Chance You. He won a bunch of Emmys for Cheer. Uh, well, just know. just watch the trailer. You know, the trailer, I mean, it, the they, it's incredible. They make everything and everybody look just amazing. I just you know? want to say, too, on the trailer, with all the other people in the meeting, the uh, DJ and the mayor and all this. Yeah. Uh, bro, I'm watching this. I'm like, who'd you guys ever beat? Get, put, out, put Al Snow on the show. Put Al Snow on the show. Who'd you guys? I just want you to know that was my knee-jerk reaction off the air. I appreciate that. But, yeah, yeah so, so, bro, so uh, you think it's seven episodes? Yeah. Hour yeah. hour long, hour long. Yeah. What, what what are you contemplating? Whether it should be three hours or not? I uh, know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't no, wait to. I, I can't wait to see this. They filmed it enough. Yeah. Oh, they were here at my house. Like I don't know how many times. Yeah. I mean, every day, I, if I got up, you know, I walked out the door. It was I had a, a microphone on me, and I had yet a this, but yet this, uh, this right here was never a part of the show. Interesting. All right. Anyway, Al, <laughs> guys, if you watch the freaking trail, guys, I listen. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. So much stuff. There's a lot of wrestling stuff on television, like bro, yeah. heels, all this stuff, bro. I have no interest in any of this. And bro, I got to tell you, if if I was the guy that you know, bro, I'm, I'm I'm just so wrestled out. I'm not watching anything, and I watched the trailer. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching this. I'm okay. This, this this is now real. I'm watching this, and it is real. And I I hope that it gives people the same as I did with Tough Enough. I hope that it one it gives people an insight into just how hard you know and how much of a challenge. Uh, under this uh, this undertaking is of being a professional wrestler, yeah. and I hope it garner it gives people that are fans already. I hope it gives them a newfound respect for professional wrestling and for professional wrestlers. And for those that aren't fans, I hope that maybe it captures their interest and you know um, and it makes them go to wrestling and decide to follow it or start to watch it, even if they just on a casual basis. Yeah. Yeah. You know, things like this, uh, you know, back in the day would have been completely prohibited. Oh God. Remember what we went through with beyond the mat. Remember that bro. When he was shooting at, remember, Oh my God. Yeah, bro. Yeah. You know, and there is a, 
I've been a big advocate of, you know, you got to be careful not to pull the curtain back too far. Yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about that, Al, because people, people that are, are going to want to take shots at you now that you've got a freaking show, that, that's what they're going to say. Oh, what, what, look, look at this hypocrite. You know that's what they're going to say. So I want to hear, hear your thoughts on that. You know, you have to weigh it out. You've got to decide. And then you got to know also kind of and be familiar with and like Greg, uh, you know, make him understand, have a conversation about how you want to pull back the curtain, what degree you want to pull it back, right. what do you focus on, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I, I haven't seen it. You know that we've not gotten to watch it or anything. We won't see it until everyone else does. Oh, you haven't seen it yet. Oh wow! Okay. Oh man, I can't wait till you see it. But I feel very confident because he was very. He and all the crew were very respectful while they were here, and they were very, you know, cognizant of, you know, showing certain aspects, but not all of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that we, and that was kind of what we did with Tough Enough as well. You know, as we showed the aspects of how much hard work it took and, you know, the, the attitude and, you know, uh, and in the really, the, the real crux of it is because everyone has a dream. Everyone has, you know, everyone when they were a kid wanted to be a fireman, wanted to be an astronaut, wanted to be uh, a rock star, you know, a pro athlete. Everyone had dreams, okay? But like with Tough Enough and then especially with this, it gives an insight, not into the, you know, they're talking over sponsor, nothing like that. But it gives an insight into just exactly what it takes for these people to come to grips with the reality of what they're going to have to do and the choices they're going to have to make to live the dream they have, period. Yeah. And you know what other element, though, Al, I saw in this very short little clip? Here's an element that I saw that I really enjoyed because I'm, I'm, I'm all about this, bro, because the, the wrestling product, bro, like has really turned me off. But I will always be a fan of the business of the business. And what I loved, bro, in this um, short little clip, you're seeing the dream. But then you're also seeing the business aspect. You're, you're seeing that management level, bro. No, 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 no reality show. Nothing has. We've never seen that perspective. And that's what I saw in this clip, bro. I saw the dream, which, you know, let, let's face it, guys. We, we've seen docs and stuff, even tough enough to some extent about the dream. But then with that, you're seeing the actual management level decisions being made opinions so i love i love the mix of the two and it's really again it's seeing the dream of the wrestlers but it's seeing the dream of trying to build a company too yes absolutely Um, yeah decisions that have to be made yeah and decisions that that unless you have been sitting in those seats you just cannot relate to yeah yeah and that gives it gives an insight into that side of things into into what, what it goes into it, you know, that, that a lot of times, especially the wrestlers think that a lot of those decisions are made on flippant, just flippant. I, you know, ah, we're just going to do this, you know? Yeah. yeah. And you, you don't realize the, sometimes the agonizing stress that yeah. goes to deciding, Hey, who, what are you, what are you going to do? Which direction are you going to go? 
who you're going to get behind, why are you going to get behind them? You know what I mean? And, yep, and all, of it, all of it's a complete, you know, as well as I do, all of it's a complete, utter crapshoot. I mean, every single week you do TV, it's a complete and utter crapshoot. You mm -hmm. have an instinct, you have an idea, and then you, you now take it to the wrestler and you're like, between the two of you, you're hoping that that wrestler can now make that come to life and capture an audience. Mm -hmm. Even if, no matter how good the idea is that you come up with and you present and you've thought through every detail, right, with a vision of where you want to go in six months or however you think vaguely that you want to play this out, it still comes down to once that guy goes or that girl goes through the curtain, all bets are off. Yep. 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 All bets are off. You know what yep. I mean? You don't know. You yep. don't know what you're going to get until that moment. And it could be magic. It could be amazing. It could be the thing that's going to take you and that person to a whole new level. Then there are going to be the, there are going to be those nights where, yeah, they did it. But yeah. We got to tweak it. You gave us enough to work with, but now we're going to have to kind of pull it along. And then there are going to be those nights where, you didn't expect, you didn't plan, you didn't notice, and somebody goes out and boom. Yeah. They, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and bro, when you so much tell the talent that it's all in their hands, they continuously yeah. try to foist the responsibility off on everyone else. And I can't tell you how many times when Al says, boom, bro, it is that quick. I, I saw that so many times in my career. All right, Al, I, I just want to hear you. I just want to say a couple more things. Uh, first of all, I do want to say this. Here's why I love Al being a part of this show. Guys, listen, let's, I'm telling you, because I know the plays and I know the game. Al's the only one who could pull this off. This show, Wrestlers, I'm promising you, is going to be more popular than the current wrestling shows on television. The only one who could do this show is Al Snow because, bro, let's be honest, this show would never happen under Vince McMahon. And if it happened under a Tony Khan, the show would be all about Tony Khan. That's what I love about Al doing this show. Al does not have an ego. I, I could I could tell from the clip. Now, I do want to say this, guys, because, uh, you know, I'm even though I have been labeled a, a psycho, a, a pathological liar recently. I do want to see, I do want to see this out in an effort. This is going to be huge. This is going to be bigger than any AEW show. This is going to be bigger than Raw. This is going to be huge. So oh. I got I got to I got to start figuring out how to, how I shoehorn myself in this. Yeah. I'm going to smarten you up about something. Al, I know you got all these revenues. Forget about the revenue streams you got. It's it's ridiculous. We could do a whole show at Al Snow Infomotion. Women and revenue I got another one for you that you might not be smart to, but with, with this show going on, bro, and everything, Al, Al's the toast of the town now. You oh, not, yeah. you might not be aware of this one. No, this Maven started doing this YouTube series. Oh, Maven, yes, yeah. Have you heard about this? No, I haven't. No, bro, he's got a YouTube show. And yeah. he hooked up with somebody, you know, who knows YouTube and algorithms and all this stuff. Bro, every time this dude's putting a video out there, bro, he's drawing over a million views. Well, that's Maven's a smart guy. But are I you mean, getting a piece of that pie? Who who's Maven without Al Snow? Are you are you getting a piece of that pie? I'm looking out for your best interest. I'm happy for Maven. I'm I'm mad. He's, wow. he's yeah, that makes him very, very intelligent. Very, very so you could tell. Oh, you, you could know, tell. Yeah, the, the, you know this is the truth. Maven would have been a much. He was on a trajectory to be a, a big star, and then lit, like like we just talked about, things can change 
like that. And when he went to do that baseball slide and his foot got caught on the canvas and he broke, I mean, he had a severe break in his leg and that put him on the shelf. And once, you know, as well as I do with like professional baseball and basketball and football players, sometimes it's, they can never get that momentum quite the same as they did when in that moment, you know? And if he had not, if he had not hit that man, hit that pothole, a man, he would have, I think still have he would be as much like the Miz. Yeah. And and he and this show is great. He found he found the right vehicle for himself. Good for raving, good for Al with wrestlers September 13th. All right, Al, listen, we gotta yeah. we, we gotta show I I got so many videos here. Well I gotta you didn't get you couldn't open up the one that I sent you. Yeah tell me about it. Tell me about it as I set this up. Amazing. Okay so we've seen lots of fire videos that seems to be popular right now. Right. <laughs> So this, the, the lights are off in this building for some reason, and the guy is standing on the top rope. There's a guy on a table inside the ring. I, in my description of it, you got to find it, is not going to do it. I'll make sure when Jerry comes back, I will make sure we play this clip next week. Okay. So the guy has somebody reach up and set his, he's got a shirt on, and set his belly on fire. Now, I mean, literally, the entire, his torso is engulfed in flames. Right, right. Engulfed, I mean, this goes, I don't know what they put on him. It's incredible. Probably nothing. Probably probably, probably nothing. Are we fair to say nothing? A fire accelerant. Okay. Okay. He dives off the top rope. He hits the table. It doesn't break. The other guy falls off. And a big fireball falls onto the mat and immediately catches the mat on fire. Oh, no. Oh, no. And he starts trying to beat the flames, and his entire upper body, all above his head, goes up and engulfed in literally a blaze. He becomes, you remember the old comic book cover of the Human Torch? Fantastic Four, Johnny Johnny Storm. Yes. Literally. He rolls out on the floor trying to put himself out and runs into the audience and starts hitting him, trying to get away from him. And then people come running up with water bottles. Again, <laughs> no one with the, uh, the forethought. Oh my God. Hey, we're setting a human being on fire. Maybe we want to have a fire extinguisher. I don't know. Do we know the the end result? Is this guy alive? I don't know. It, it, the video cut off. <laughs> I don't know if he got put out. I don't know what happened. I, I know. Now, now, Al, here's what's really bad about these clips. Yes. Jerry usually warns me when I need to look away. Yeah, you're not going to know. I, I don't have that warning. I don't have that warning, Al. So I, I'm, when I send these because of the CTE, it's like I'm watching them all over again. So, <laughs> I, so does this look familiar to you? Oh, this is very familiar because now the new trend is cinder block. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're seeing a guy. It looks like he's going to splash a bigger guy onto cinder blocks. A bed of cinder blocks because, you know, the ring's not hard enough. No, no, not at all. Let's find the ring. And let's take a step, take a moment and think, how long did it take to set these cinder blocks up? (laughs) (laughs) And and we've got to ask ourselves this question too, Al, based on what we've seen in the past, did the referee help set up the cinder blocks? Yeah. I mean, they're heavy and, you know, we've seen construction workers and, you know, how long it takes for them to build a house with this. And it looks like, I'm I'm, I'm afraid to look at this. Here we go. It's going to be awesome. Watch. Here we go. He's coming. 
Oh, oh, oh. oh wait a minute! I got, I got, I got, I got. Go Hold up! Here he goes! Oh, oh my God! What does what does that have to feel like, Al? Like horrible. That's what it's gonna feel like. You know oh what it feels my like? God! Oh yeah! Wait till you see this amazing apron work here in a minute. This great cinder oh! Bro, yeah. thank bro, thank God he didn't catch his head. Bro, if he would have caught his head his head on the edge of those cinder he would have been dead. Nah, he'd have been fine. <laughs> guy, clearly his head's hard enough to where he's agreed to do it. So, you oh know, he, my God. Okay. And it, and it, you know, hitting his head's not gonna be a great loss. So And now the uh the uh oh. the, the, the high spot of that is he got up and they went on to the next spot. Went, I guarantee <laughs> he kicked out and they went on to the next thing. Watch this incredible apron work. You ready? Okay, now this looks like women. This women? Yeah, yeah. it's uh, Tony Starks, I think, or Tony Storm, or whatever. She's an AEW now. Tony Storm, I think it is. Japanese girl. This is just, and and I want to watch. Oh! Boom. I want another shot of it. Okay, okay now, let's, let's move back remember, and watch that again. Hold there on. was a time in the business where we w- had consideration and respect for the other person's body that we were working with, and we went out of our way to try to protect them. You know what I mean? Al, I can't. I can't. Can e- I can't even imagine this. Please, please help me with this and smarten up the people watching this show. It, well, this is ridiculous. You're, you're, you're in a match. Yeah. You're delivering this spot by you, some by some miracle. Your yeah. opponent survives it. Yep. Bro, what happens to Al Snow when you, when you go past that curtain in the back? Oh man, I'm telling you. Like, but the the what the sad thing is, Vince is they've agreed. Like they before they went out there, talked this over, and this person that's taking it went, yeah, sure. You know what? That sounds great. You know, uh, I want you to put me up on the top of your shoulders precariously, and then what I want you to do is grab both my wrists so that I have no ability to protect myself. And then I want you to slam me right on the very back of my neck and head on the ring apron, which is not going to move. You know? Oh, oh. my God. Here's another. Look oh, at it. oh. And then it keeps going. Watch this. Watch. The, no consideration for the well-being of anybody. None. I mean, it, and again, and look, the girl that had all that done to her is now fighting a suplex. Man, uh, and now she, yeah, bro. Yeah, and, and, and again, okay, here's the biggest problem with this, is that all that was done physically, all of that risk was taken. That could have been a life-ending injury. I mean, they're, unquestionably, the odds are. And did it have a consequence within the body of the match? No. 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 Somebody, I guarantee she took all of that, was thrown in the ring, and then kicked out. And then yeah, in, in, in other words, if that were just a simple suplex, what would the difference have been? Well, I mean, again, right. I mean, okay, let's say, let's just go out on a limb and let's say that you want to, you, what you're doing warrants taking that risk. Right. She's going to, you know, the, you're going to put the person up on your shoulders. You're going to drop them head first onto the the ring apron. The only way that the only reason you should ever put yourself in that position and to do that is to elicit the ability to potentially draw more money on a rematch. Right. So doing that would be like you did it. You threw the person in the ring. You covered them one, two, three. And now that that person that took that move 
oh man, they're out for three or four weeks. Right. You know what I mean? You right. really sell it. You put it over and now they want to come back and they want revenge. Instead, it's just thrown away. It's just done yeah. as a stunt and it's not done to elicit more drama or more heat yeah. for a rematch. And so, that, 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 that girl who took it is working next week. Correct. And, right. she, and literally or the next, you know, in front of the same audience and yeah. everything like nothing happened and it didn't hurt. And they're literally teaching the audience that nothing means anything anymore. Yeah. And that, again, that is the beauty of professional wrestling is one, you can make them believe in anything you want them to believe in once you're inside that ring. As long as they believe in who you are, they'll believe in anything you do. Yep. Yep. Two, since you will believe in anything you can do, you can make anything, anything you do, anything, you can make it mean everything. Yeah. Or you can make everything mean absolutely nothing. nothing. Yeah. And for whatever reason, with this new trend of work rate, you know, the amount that you do, as opposed to how much you made out of it, it's just the amount that you do, right? Yeah. Because it's all about the work rate. Then it's, you know, now it's, well, I'm going to just do it because now I can do it and I don't care. It'll be cool. Or like Kenny Omega saying that, which is absurd and such an asinine excuse of I purposely wanted to be dropped on my head. Right. So, you know, cause it was going to get an emotional response. How the only emotional response was Jesus Christ. Why the hell did you do that? Yeah. It's not going to be like, Oh my God, you know, is he, is he okay? Because no sooner than you took it, you were up and you were fine. Yeah. You were doing, you were selling on your feet. Well, yeah. you didn't get any response. Yeah. So that, that's why I call bullshit on the excuse. Yeah. You know? is, it, is this your, is this yours? Oh yeah. Can I can I watch this? Oh yeah, I watch this one. Okay, so they're up on a ladder. They're all treasure. These are all treasures. All every one of them. <laughs> all right, they're up on a ladder. We've seen the ladder spot a million times. So there's got to be so. Are, are they are they going to hit that light? Is that oh, lighted? No. no, okay. hit- <laughs> no. Right, here we go, Al. Here we go. Yeah, it's a gem. Oh no! Oh no! Yeah. There you oh go. my God, bro, bro, bro. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. No, no, wait, 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 wait. We're getting ahead of ourselves, Al. We're yeah, getting ahead yeah. of ourselves. I got, I got to go back to this gimmick. Look at oh that. Oh my God. Wait, Look at both of them. Both wait. of them careen out of the ring. I'm trying to figure out. Uh, okay, uh, help, help me out here. What yeah. is what is supposed to happen here? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> Because all of it looks bad right what, from the start. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it, it's obvious, bro. They can't land in the ring because they're too close to the corner. Were they right. trying to land outside of the ring? You know, I don't know if that was the attempt, but they look where look. He's dropping him on the top of the turnbuckle, like a you know, and and just so you know, the rumor has it that several years ago, a young man was practicing this very move in Dayton, Ohio, at a, at a school, and broke a young man's neck and killed him. Well, bro, not only not only breaking the young man's neck and killing him, the guy who's delivering it, bro, bro, look how close he is to the ring post. I know. That yeah. ring post hits him under here, bro. He's dead. He's dead, bro. And that... 
that is that's that's the business has changed now you're old school i you know look i mean look at the potential for again a life ending or life altering injury out of this i and mean for, right there right there you, uh, 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 you could see the torque of the neck bro his his neck is going this way and his body's going the other way bro and and vince again and i i, I haven't seen the whole match I almost could guarantee. I I would bet, I'd bet you a hundred dollars that that was not the finish. I guarantee the guy that just got dropped like that got back in the ring and kicked out and got off in skin. Watch okay. this. Now, uh, this is this is yours. Yeah, yeah. And now again, uh, again, I, I want to make it clear. All right, I have no issue with athleticism. I have no issue with. You know, uh, you know, uh, new style. I've done all. The, I've done all this shit myself. Okay, but the thing is, and the, here's where it's different. One big, big point here: the average professional claiming to be professional wrestler now on the independents, they are not in sufficient shape, cosmetically, uh, aesthetically, but they're not in sufficient shape to be in that ring pursuing, which is quite honestly an athletic endeavor because they are a risk injury wise to themselves and their opponents. Let me pause you there. Let me pause you there for a minute. Cause I want to back that up with an example, mm-hmm. bro. I was at, I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to bury anybody. I was at a, a, a wrestling school. Mm-hmm. Okay. And bro, you literally had students in the ring that were, they've been doing it for a week yeah the person training them was a big fan of new japan bro this dude a weekend is trying to teach these students stuff he saw at new japan and i'm standing there watching i'm like somebody's gonna die so I, I just want to back you up with what Al is saying happens, bro. These people weren't even in physical condition to be training as a wrestler, but their first week they're training to do New Japan stuff. Right. And that's the approach they take, you know, uh, throughout. And, you you know, in and on all the end, that was what motivated me to go to the boxing wrestling commissions in Maryland Louisiana, Oklahoma, and here in Kentucky. And I proposed setting standards for training and for what it would take as far as having a certain level of athletic shape, athletic conditioning before you were allowed to get a license and get in the ring. And of course I was poo-pooed by everyone because they, you know, they were like, oh, well, you know, we'll lose a lot of wrestlers. Yeah, money, money, business. The problem is, is if you're not in enough physical and athletic condition to not be a risk to yourself, now because of the new trend that it's popularized, taking and doing these types of moves, you have a person who just basic wrestling isn't in athletic condition enough to do it. Now, these young uh, people are out there attempting to do moves like this when they really don't have the training, the spatial awareness, or the athletic condition to pull it off. And they thus increase the risk of suffering a very terrible injury like this young man just does. Well, what, what about their opponents? 
Exactly. It's a, it's a risk to everyone. It's a risk to everyone. I mean, Wait, so, so, so are you telling me I can't watch this? Uh, you might want to shut your eyes. All right. Okay. So I'm, I'm not going to watch this. Okay. So you, 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 you got, I'm going to play, and yeah. then you're going to tell me when it's over, and then you're going to explain it. I'll just tell you something. And stop. Yep. Okay, yeah. good. I, I I didn't see any of it. What what did we just see? I went to a shooting star press and only made the turn a little bit and landed right on his face and head and bent and then collapsed. And you can tell, like, he's hurt. I mean, you know, the, the opponent rolls out of the way, but you can tell he's hurt because he just does. He's, you know, and again, it's, you know, no conditioning, no proper training, you know. Uh, you know, y- y- nobody to instruct him on, you know, what to do or how to do it. Oh, this is fabulous. Well, now, when you talk about uh, they need to be in shape, uh, would, yeah. this, would this be? <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. Okay. I want to be, I want to make this completely clear. Yeah. Right? I have known lots of guys. The guy big, that guys. big guys. Yeah. 6'2", and he was 365 pounds. Okay. Bundy, guy- Bundy, Bundy. Well, he was at Bundy too. Bundy was, you know, enormous and but could move like a cat. Yeah, had you know, had athleticism, understood proper footwork, timing, distance, and knew how to move in that ring and had proper conditioning. Like he didn't get, you know, he wasn't eight minutes in and he was so blown up that he was right. trying to do the spot he saw on Raw this week and then he slipped and fell or his knee went out or you know and he drops his opponent on his head. Any number of things I've witnessed on the independence. I saw one guy was in such bad condition, he got in the ring and didn't even, nobody was near him and he broke his own ankle. You know, <laughs> and I'm not making it up. You know, I you know now that's because there's no standards anymore. Yeah. I don't care what you, the only thing I care about from an aesthetic and a cosmetic appearance wise is that you look like you make your living when you walk through that curtain in a competitive combat situation. Okay. Right. I got a guy that works for me. His name is Donovan Cecil. Okay. I met this young man. He, we came to one of our combines. This guy's probably 265, 275. He, he competes in strongman. He's Kentucky's strongest man. Okay. Young man's really strong. And, and to look at him, you're like, Oh, you know, he just looks like a lump. That guy is the most, he was the most athletic guy in that combine. And when I mean it was a combine, it legitimately was just like NFL. Like we checked the vertical. He had the highest vertical of anyone. Mm-hmm. He, had the, he had the most fit. And we had, we had a, it's called a DARI system, where you G, GPS and computers to evaluate your physical movements. He uh, by far was the most athletic person and still is. And, you know, to look at him, on the surface, you wouldn't, you know, right. think oh, he's just, you know, he's uh, just another guy. He walks through the curtain. He looks like, carries himself like he could go out there and whip somebody's ass for money. And he's strong enough to do it and athletic enough. So I don't care about, I, I just need you to look like you're a professional wrestler. Dick yeah. Murdoch, you know, had a big drum and, you know, Dusty Rhodes. Now, yes, this, wait, <laughs> this is brilliant. Uh, Again, with the fire, you know what I mean? Uh, but were Dusty Rhodes and Dick Murdoch in shape where they weren't They weren't literally sucking wind at eight yeah. minutes? Yeah. Poppy, you know, could hurt somebody. 
no question. You know, that's all I'm asking for people to be is to treat this as a true profession and that you really it's an athletic endeavor and you should be in the proper conditioning to do it. Okay, so this guy's head is on fire. It literally sat run it back a little bit, you'll see where he literally sets his own head ablaze. I, I this new trend of fire is amazing to me. Look at this. Oop, here we go. Oh, and shit. Oh, my God. Bro, things went wrong. <laughs> Bro, things went wrong so fast I missed it. <laughs> oh, God. It made me laugh so hard I cramped up. Oh, oh. my God. Oh, you're right, Al. Al, you're right, Al. Okay. Things, oh. things went awry oh, so quickly. Hard. Okay, hold it. Do it again. Run back. I you guys, I, I, so, I, so right now everything's going according to plan, right? So, and imagine this, right? The guys in the back goes, hey, look, I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is I'm going to soak this do-rag in gasoline, and I'm going to put it on my head. And when I do, I'm going to set the top of my head on fire, and I'm going to come splat, you know, give you a okay. diving. Like so everything's right. going according to plan, right? Right. It's going just the way he wants. Okay. Until now. Now is the just caught fire. <laughs> oh, shit, it's been hot. <laughs> Uh, All right, so his ear caught fire hey, now. Okay. Don't worry. It's a dry heat. Okay. That's what's important. Oh, my God. Bro, he's, panicking. he's panicking right now. He's like, oh, shit. Bro, it's look important. at that. This dude's, this dude's head is ablaze. Ablaze. I know. This is not what he was envisioning. Oh, oh, oh. He's trying to. He's still what? going to go with the spot. He's but now, hold on. Let, let's let's give it the benefit of the doubt. This is a pretty good visual. This is a pretty good <laughs> Right, Al? <laughs> it looks like Ghost Rider from Marvel Comics. Yes, right? yes. Yeah, uh, uh, and the boomerang oh, flies off. Well, so, <laughs> so now the fire is loose. The, the fire, fire is loose. The fire is free, yes. Where is it going to go? Right on top of them again. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, look at it. It, it. it didn't go any further. It landed on him anyways. Oh, my God. All right. Is this yours? Yeah. This one's well, of course it is. <laughs> what happens here, Al? I uh, just got to take this one in for a moment. Can I watch it? Am I right to watch, yeah, it? You can watch it? You can watch it. It's the, the ridiculousness. Is oh, he, oh, he's got a chainsaw. I'm seeing a chainsaw. He has a chainsaw. Yes, he does. Bro, weed whackers, whackers be damned. Now we're into chainsaw work. That's I'm going to tell you something, guys. I am not kidding you. This, this, this is what we're going to see next with the chainsaws. I, I, I am being dead serious here. Yeah, I know. Bro, you, you got 10 fingers. What, what What's the big deal with somebody taking one off? Listen, and people go, oh, there's, no, you know, nobody. Yeah. Wins. We just saw a guy stand on top rope and intentionally set his own head on fire. And I guarantee you, before he went out there, they had a conversation about that. And no one in the back went, I, I, I don't think that's a yeah. good idea. Al, seriously, for, for, for the art of the business, if if you lose a pinky because somebody takes it off with a chainsaw, what, 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 what's a, what, what are you doing with your pinky? You don't need your pinkies. Lost a digit the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Al. Okay, so we know he's got a chainsaw. That's right. Yeah, oh, really? we all got we all got to pay our dues. Got a uh, chainsaw. Uh, okay, <laughs> so the guy's I backing up. Position. Oh no, Al. I'm afraid. I'll just take it in. Look, watch. Oh, is that a staple? Oh no, Al! Come on, 
that's that's gimmicked. That's that's no, gimmicked. That's gimmicked, no, Al. That's gimmicked, no, Al. A nail gun. Al, Al, that is that is gimmicked, Al. There is no freaking no. way. Nope, 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 nope. I'm telling you, look right there, nail gun. Right in the Al, there's no way, Al. Yeah, I'm telling you. Yes, shot him in the head with a nail gun in the top. Oh! Of his- yeah. I mean, Al, we're talking freaking brain damage there. You're, you're talking brain. Yeah. Oh my God, bro! This guy willingly backed himself into position to have it done. That means oh. they knew. He knew they had. They had spoken about it before they went out there. There's no way to gimmick that. No, there's not. That that had, that that has to be the worst thing I've seen so far. What and it, look, it just keeps getting more and but more. Al, Al, you know what the conversation was? You know what the conversation was? I do. Yeah, look, man, this will be great. You yeah, know, but, you pack up. I'll get the nail gun. I'll, then, you know, because I'm shooting it from up here. It's only that's it. That was the logic, Al. I'm yeah. shooting it from a distance. It won't hurt. He raised the gun up higher to create create more distance. So it's only going to go in a little bit. It won't go out. <laughs> Bro, you know that's the conversation. And the guy was the guy doing taking it went, "Oh, are you sure?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever done this before? Oh, brother, it'll be all right. Okay. That was the, that that was the worst thing I've seen. Okay, this one I think we got 12 seconds left. Hold on. I think, I think there's is there another one? Jeff, no? Jeff's not here. That was it, man. The 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 the, the gun. The gun. Yeah, the last one, yeah. Oh my God, Al! Yep, and, it, oh and it, it it's it just keeps going. I, I sent you one this morning. I call it "Great Balls of Fire," and it's the one where the guy sets the guy's nuts on fire and then runs across the ring and headbutts him in him. And then the guy, the fire doesn't go out, and the guy starts flopping around the ring with his. <laughs> All right, Al. I do. I do want to bring up one story, man, because I'm, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm reading this story. I'm like, Re- really, bro? Like, seriously? Okay, here it is. This is one. I'm, I'm going to bring it up here. I'm going to bring. I'm going to bring it right on the screen, Al, so we can read it together. Okay. Because I'm like, yeah, bro. You know what? Like, <laughs> th- th- this is the problem. So let me. Uh, Bro, that nail gun, I cannot, I cannot handle yeah, that. The, the best part are those conversations, if you could tape them. Yeah. In the back. Because you know how it's going to go. You know, where, oh, I got a great idea. What are you talking about? Well, you know, where I got this nail gun, I bought it. You know, I rented it from the uh, rental mart. And uh, have you ever used it? Oh, yeah, on construction sites. I've used the nail gun all the time. You know, and I noticed that if you shoot the board from a distance, the nail only goes a little bit in. bro bro have bro and and then the guy says have you had somebody try this on you oh yeah oh yeah yeah. it was was fine you know it was like getting hard way you know what i mean just a little bump on my head like and then (laughs) (laughs) all right now let's look at this one story like just like the fire right of you know hey uh we're gonna do this fire spot nobody speaks up and goes hey do we have any uh Fire extinguishers. Right? <laughs> hey, I'm going to shoot you in the head with this nail gun. Okay, and nobody goes. Hey, uh, how are we going to get that nail out? Yeah, and one and one and once we get the nail out, does anybody have any antiseptic? <laughs> Remember when you were a kid? Like we, when we were kids, we had real diseases. Come on, oh now. yeah, oh yeah. We had, we had polio. We had we had smallpox. We had chickenpox. Yeah. We had we had we had. Uh, 
Lockjaw, tetanus. Yeah. You know, remember yeah. you got you stepped on a nail, you had to go get a tetanus. Yes, yes, yes. We yeah. had rick- I remember a kid one in elementary school had rickets there. Yeah, yeah. So we had badass names for, you know, our diseases. And so. if this was us getting a nail in, in our head, what would what, what would our mothers do? Well, they'd pour a bottle of iodine on iodine it. On it. <laughs> You'll be fine. And our head would be stained orange for the next week. And swollen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I, I want to I, I want to go over this one story because we're going to need about 30 minutes to plug all your stuff. All right. Here we oh. go. Paul White, you know, the giant on DAZN asked about Tony Khan. Bro, I think this this is th- this is the problem in professional wrestling. Okay. Tony is no stress for me. Right. Said I show up. I work hard. I give a full effort. My efforts appreciated. And Tony's grateful for my being a part of AEW. That's not just me. That's how he treats all talent. I think there's a definite, there's a definite more of a respect for personnel than you get when you work with Tony because Tony runs AEW like you would run a professional American football team or a soccer team. It's top of the line, player focused, and that's the way Tony runs AEW. He's really focused on the talent, not so much of what's best for AEW, what's best for the brand, what's best for the company. Bro, help me with that. Help me with that, Al. I don't understand that at all. So, a he, lot, a lot, bro, listen to this. A lot of his motivations are: Are my talent happy? Are my talent motivated? Are my talent engaged? Are they involved? Bro, you're ta- you're talking about employees here. He's really good about that. He really is. It's a different atmosphere. Anytime a Anytime a professional athlete, you tend to feel like a piece of meat. You're only as good as the last thing that you've done. You've only gone as far as what you can provide. I don't get that feeling here with AEW. I think like I'm being part of something. I'm help. I, I'm helping build something, and that's a unique position for me uh, at this stage of my career. Bro, listen, I'm the first one that says, yes, bro, wrestling companies do tend to treat wrestlers like cattle. But, bro, with all due respect with, to Vince McMahon, who I do, you know, I mean, I have issues with. Al, you got to fear the boss. I, I don't care what your line of work is. I don't care what it is. You've got to have some level of respect where you fear the boss and you know if I F up, if I'm not at the top of my game, there's going to be hell to pay. Well. I don't know if it's uh, a fear of, because I never feared Vince McMahon, but I had absolutely utmost respect for him. And I think that, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you a good example. Uh, uh, here's a Vince, okay? Uh, the only thing I can use it to compare it to is like, really at the time would have been WCW, okay? And Eric. Bischoff, and I, I love Eric Bischoff. And I, you know, he's a great friend. But I, you're just going to relate the story. Um, I was in Smoky Mountain, you know, and uh, was contacted. At that time, as amazing as it may sound, it's such a small world, it was Jeremy Borash, right? And I had never spoken to Jeremy, and all I knew of Jeremy was that, like he was a fan or something. And he was contacting me on behalf of WCW. And they were wanting me to come and have a tryout match. And I was like, sure, yeah, I'd be glad to. And the only person I ever really spoke to was Jeremy. 
until uh, every you know things got set in motion and Janie Angle reached out to arrange travel. Okay, the same week, Jim Ross calls me and says that he wants me to come to Stanford to meet with Vince. And I'm like, okay, but I want you to know, you know, uh, WCW's reached out. Oh, nope, you know it to your family and yourself. You go down there and see what they have to say. And I said, okay. Uh, don't speak to anyone after that uh, from WCW. Uh, luckily, uh, Sandy Scott was the road agent for Smoky Mountain at the time. Had worked, you know, for Crockett's and knew the layout and everything. And, um, you know, I get to Atlanta, I land, Sandy told me, Hey, there's a shuttle that takes you over to the Omni. I go to the Omni. Al, Al, real quick, real quick. What year are we talking? Uh, this was 95, 96. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, uh, uh, and I'm not saying any of this to impugn anybody. Yeah. I'm just go relate the story and show you, I want to give you a, cause I think this is in comparison to Vince and, his attitude and stuff towards talent. So, and keep in mind, I'm just, you know, I'm coming off of, you know, Smoky Mountain. I'm not, I'm not anything, you know? So, uh, I'm, I go, I check in to my hotel room. I wait. I don't get, in, you know, where I'm supposed to be, what time I'm supposed to be somewhere the next day, nothing. I finally call the office around 5 p.m. I get a hold of Janie again. Janie now tells me you got to be at center stage at whatever time it was in yesterday, the next day at the afternoon. Okay, thanks. No, where is center stage? No directions. No, uh, here's your car that's going to take you there. Nothing. Because I don't, you know, I didn't, I don't have a rail car or anything. Luckily, Scott Demore, who now r- runs it back, you know, I helped break in the business, is there and he's coming in to do jobs on TV at the time. And I go call him up and I get a ride with him over there. Now I get there. I literally, I'm just, you know, relating the story. I really, I sit there until almost nine o'clock at night. Nobody comes and talks to me. A few do, you know, the boys do and stuff like that. Finally, Dave Penzer comes in and he still brings us up. I don't know why it's not a big deal. And he wants me to sign a release, you know, and I'm like, well, can I read it? And he gets all huffy and walks out and, you know, Terry Taylor comes back in like it's going to be a big thing. And I'm like, I just wanted to read it before I signed it. Is that all right? You know, Terry's like, well, we just need to get signed so we can pay you for your dark match. I'm like, I know. I, I just wanted to read it. I didn't complain or anything. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, so it gets blown out of proportion. I wait until all the TV tapings are done. I finally do this dark match with this kid. And then I speak to Eric Bischoff for about five minutes, says, I'll get back in touch with you after I get done with my pay-per-view out in Sturgis. I go, okay, right? I say, I, I got to go, you know, meet with Vince. Oh, you owe it to your family. Go up there, meet him. I said, yep, that's what I want to do. I just want to let you know. Yeah, sure. We'll get back to you. Okay. Right now let's go to, go to Stanford. I fly into LaGuardia. I come down the end of the escalator. There's a guy standing here with a sign with my name on it. And he's got, he's got a limo and he gets my bags and we go to the car and he drives me out to Stanford. I go out to Stanford. I'm met, met by JJ Dillon and remember Lisa Wolf. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, you know, bring me in. They sit down with me. They talk to me. They take me over to the TV studio. They show me everything as far as, and at that time, even then, the TV studio in Stanford, Connecticut was better equipped and more advanced than CBS, NBC, and ABC. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. yep. Was it not? Oh, yeah. 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 
Then they take me over, give me the whole tour of the Titan Towers, introduce me to everybody, and then I go in and sit down with Vince for like two hours. And then he hands me a contract, and I explain to him, hey, you know, uh, went to WCW, he goes, wait, and, wait until they see what they have to offer, and then let me know. I go, okay. I wait for two weeks. I get, you know, uh, phone, a couple phone calls from Jerry Baborash, and I'm waiting around, and then I'm finally like, you know what? I'll sign with Vince. Yeah. Vince, do you see the dramatic difference? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. With nobody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And how was I addressed and treated there? And that's Vince's attitude towards talent. Yeah. Yeah. He knows the talent are the business. Yeah, yeah Al, 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 that 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 is changed because when I was there, and Al, I came in ninety five. Okay, right around this time, Al, when I was there, bro, talent number one, like yeah. nothing, nothing was more important than the talent, bro. But when we get to this line here, bro, keep in mind this is a quote from from Paul Paul White. This is a quote. Right. Really focused on the talent, not so much of what's best for AEW, what's right. best for the brand, what's best for the company. I don't think you could say that part about Vince McMahon. No, you can't. But he knows that without the talent, he doesn't have anything that's best for the brand or best for the company or best for anything. And what's best for the brand, best for the company is what's best for talent, because without the platform, the talent don't have a venue to create a commercial to sell themselves. Yeah, and therefore, right. yeah, look, that's why everyone shakes everyone's hand because everyone needs everybody. And that's why everyone says, thank you. This man shakes everybody's hand says, thank you. Why? Because he knows he can't have the, the main event without the opening match. Yeah. yeah. You have the opening match without the main event. You can't have somebody win. If somebody's not willing to lose, you can't even have somebody lose. If somebody's not willing to win. And that does happen. You know, yeah, you, and and you can't have any of that without the talent, and the talent can't have any of that without the promoter. It's that's it, that's the relationship, and that's the bit it, because it's not a job. You're not an employee, and in you're you in people are coming into this expecting it's Walmart, and it's not. Yeah. It, it's a business relationship between you and the promoter, and the promoter is of course going to utilize you and sell you because you are a product and as such as a product you're going to have a shelf life let's face it and that hasn't that, that isn't nothing new the only difference is now compared to back in the day back in the day it, most guys didn't buy a house in a territory why because they knew they were going to it wasn't a matter of if their run was going to come to an end it was when right was, right right and they knew at that some point they were going to have to go find another territory to work. If nothing else, just to leave and come back freshened up. They can't stay there forever. And in modern times, that doesn't exist. It, it got to a point where I recommended, I suggested, and of course, everybody ignored my advice because what, the, what do I know, you know? And that was to literally your main talent, your really major talent, because they did it with Undertaker and it worked amazingly and it extended his drawing ability much further than what it would have ever lasted. And that would have made him more of an attraction. And that was create seasons for these guys. Yeah. Where you literally go and you map out on a calendar. Okay, we're going to bring in Randy Orton. We're going to have Randy Orton for the next eight months on SmackDown. 
And if it gets hot, and he's, he's we're gonna, you know, and he's gonna want to stay and keep the run going, while, so he can keep making money. But if he's, you know, if he's had, we've had his run, we've done his deal. Now he, we, let's give him two months off. But two months, those two months, he's just gonna work live events. He's not gonna work TV. Yeah. And then, and then for the next two months after that, he's completely off. He's not working live events. He's just gonna be at home. Well, one, he's gonna be happier. Right. Right. Two, he's going to be rested up and be healthier. Three, you're not going to now burn him out physically, and you're not going to burn the audience out on Randy Orton because there's going to be a period of time where he goes away. So right. when he comes back, he's new, and he's exciting again. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Create, creatively, it's going to give you a lot more flexibility. And, hey, and you always have the that give and take of, well, if he's hot and it's on a run, hey, you know, we'll make it worth your while. Can you stay past your season? Yeah, Can you, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and then we'll make it up to you on the backside. We'll give you more time off, you know? It, yeah, sure. I'll do that because I know, uh, you know, I'm going to get, I'm going to be able to take time off and I'm going to get to heal up and I'm going to get to be at home and I'm going to mentally and emotionally rested up. And the audience is going to want to see me again because it can't miss me if I'm there every single week. Right, right. But that's crazy. That's crazy. That you, well, you don't know what you're talking about. Oh, that would never work. Sure, it would. Yeah, absolutely, it would. All you'd have to do is just plan out who gets. You know, because inevitably, you know, a guy's going to get a run. He has to come down a little bit at some point, so you can put somebody else in that spotlight. Well, don't don't keep him in there and just keep pouring him out. Send him home for a while. Pay him. You know. Yeah. And then, and of course, he's got his downside that he's going to make at least that while he's home, and then. When the spot comes up and you got another, you got an opportunity to bring him back in. He's the guy. Boom. He comes in. He now makes more money, you know, and he, he's going to want to keep that run going as long as possible. He's going to be motivated. Yeah. You know? but, 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 but let's be clear, Al. Let, let's just be clear because I think this is what Paul White is saying. Let, let's be clear with what you're saying about Vince and the way he treated you and whatnot. Bro, that doesn't turn into once you start working there. Vince is your friend. No, he's not. That, that, yeah, that, but let's because that—that's what this is right. with with Tony True. Khan. Let's yeah. just make that clear. Yes, because Tony Khan is a fan. Right. Tony Khan is a fan who has entered the business who thinks that because he's read newsletters and watched videos and he booked action figures that he now really knows the business. Right. And his booking, I am speculating, but I believe what what few storylines you see in AEW are the wrestlers themselves coming and pitching, hey, I want to do this with so-and-so, and I think this would really be cool. And he goes, right. yeah, sure, and because he, he wants to make them happy. And he, right. wants, and he, he thinks, oh, yeah, they know. That'll be cool. Well, that's the, that is the worst. You know that from WCW. Yep. The worst historically has always proven itself out. You do not let the inmates run the asylum. You never, you always try to prohibit as much as possible the person backstage being the person in, fr in front of the stage and being the performer. Right. Because if that person backstage has too much power, of course the show begins to center all totally around that one person. And the show suffers for it. Yeah. And, the, and of course the wrestlers are going to have their own agendas and their own personal, you know, things that they want to do. And it's not going to be what's best for the company. It's going to be what's best for them, you know, and, yeah. and it never works. In the long run, it always 
always comes back to bite Jimmy Haslam. That's why I mean when he when he says off the bat like Tony is no stress for me, bro. I, I, I'm sorry. I think there should be some stress. I, yeah. you know, I, I don't think there should be overwhelming too much stress, but I, I think, I think any job requires a little stress. I think that it requires a modicum of respect, uh, for, and for authority. And I think, and the authority is commensurate with responsibility. And let's face facts. You know, is Vince the nicest guy in the world all the time? No, he's not. Right. And sometimes he can be an absolute asshole and he can be a bully. Absolutely. But let's face it. One, he ha- kind of has a little bit of a, he's got a lot of pressure on him. Yeah. Let's oh, face oh, yeah. Oh, the yeah. entire company is on his shoulders. Yeah. And he is responsible not just for him. He's responsible not just for his family. He's responsible for how many hundreds of employees that are there in that TV yeah. studio in Stanford, in that in that office building in Stanford, for all of the wrestlers, for all of the people at the Performance Center in Florida, all of the wrestlers that are down there that are being developed. He's responsible for everyone and everything. And so I think he, every once in a while he's entitled to a bad day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and yeah. yeah. You know, but that doesn't, you know, doesn't mean I, you have to like him. Doesn't mean, you know, but you should absolutely respect that man. Right. Right. Good. And that being respected is different than being liked. I hate to point that out to people that, you know, everyone tells you and I just give people a little bit of life advice. And this is just my opinion, which is worth what it costs to get, which is nothing. All right. In my life, I've learned this. Everybody goes, well, you can't love somebody if you don't love yourself. Bullshit. You can love lots of people and not love yourself. People do it all the time. Everybody does it every day. You can't really love someone unless you respect them. And you cannot respect someone unless you have respect for yourself. Mm. Period. Mm-hmm. You can't be a genuine friend to somebody if you don't respect those people. You can be friendly. You can be friends to them, but you can't be a genuine friend because you don't respect them because you don't respect yourself. You can't genuinely love someone. You can't genuinely do honest, upright business with someone if you don't respect them. Yeah, that's true. You can't respect anyone if you don't have respect for yourself. So the first and foremost, number one thing you need to do is to learn to respect yourself and then you can respect others. And that doesn't mean you always have to like each other. Yeah. But you, but respecting someone doesn't say you like them. It means that you give them a you give them a certain level of respect. Yeah. That, you know, and th- but in order to give it, they got to they to get it. They've got to give it as well. Yeah. You know, what? it has to be a uh, mutual thing. Yeah. And a lot of in a lot of relationships, business wise, personal wise, etc., that doesn't exist. Yeah. And not about whether you like somebody it's about you know and I'll, I'll tell you right now i don't care what people say i respect vince mcmahon you know i do unquestionably respect him you know and and it wasn't i never feared i didn't fear vince mcmahon i respected him and i respected his authority because i respected his responsibility when 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 i say fear i i get i get I, well i didn't i don't, I don't really mean fear what, and they assume it's fear because they get anxious around somebody because yeah. it's a torture. No, just, like, just to be when I say fair, bro, I talk about you're you're aware of consequences. Yeah. Correct. That's that that's, that's what I mean. 
He's literally brought you in to serve a purpose. And if yes. you don't, then he needs to, and not because he doesn't like you or he's a right. bad guy. He right. needs purpose served for the sake of his wanting to achieve his goals. Yes. So yes. you're not, you're not, you know, it's like you're putting a puzzle together and that piece don't fit. You don't get mad at the piece. You just put it back in the box and get another piece that fits. Right. So you make the picture. That's all he cares about. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it ain't about you personally. It, and that's where people get confused yeah. and then they, Oh, well, I'm afraid. No, you, you should have, there should be a little tinge of, well, there's going to be a consequence if I don't right. this work. Because it pushes you to now work yeah. more effectively yes. and to deliver what he needs done. Yeah, that, that 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 that's what I was trying to convey. I mean, that's that's what I was trying to get across. All right, listen, now we got to go because now now we got more things to plug. So I got, I got right. now I got to give extra time to the plugging. Right. So I'll let, do it fast. I'll do it fast. Yeah, let's start. You, September thirteenth. Thirteenth is finally. You can say it. September thirteenth. Yes. Premieres. Wrestlers. A very true, honest look at professional wrestling on all levels. I mean, it really is. I mean, it'll give you an insight and respect that you will never have seen before. I promise you will. OVW, OVW TV. Uh, you can go to ovwrestling.com. You get more information. We're live every night, Thursday night from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. on WBNA locally and on Fight TV around the world. We're nationally on YTA Next Level, Action Channel, uh, Game Plus, Lily Network, RCN Network, and about 100 million homes from Canada to Puerto Rico, Guam, Virgin Islands, and Bahamas. Uh, if you're interested in attending OVW Academy, learning to have proper firework or no <laughs> gun work, uh, which are all part of our work rate class, um, then and which just continues to expand uh, every every week. The syllabus just grows deeper and deeper with all of the different techniques. Uh, home gardening tools are going to be used. Yeah. You know, uh, we we really didn't even talk about we didn't we didn't talk about the uh, uh, the the type of this was no little tack. We no, it, it was a nail. It was a real nail. This was a galvanized, galvanized nail. nail. Hey, I, nothing but the best. You know yeah. what I mean? Nothing but the best. Right, go ahead, Al. Go ahead. Right, we can go to ovwacademy.com and check it out. Uh, we're probably going to, you know, we're the state office proprietary education that certifies us and uh, as an actual trade school for sports entertainment, professional wrestling, and broadcasting probably going to have some standards about putting videos like that up as demonstrations on the site. So, but you know, you'll find lots of information about how to uh, get into OVW Academy and learn how to take a nail from a nail gun to that uh, <laughs> uh, or set your own scalp on fire. Uh, you can go to premier streaming network. You can check out my comedy special with David Vox Mullen. I do stand up comedy from Zany's in Chicago, historic uh, comedy club, go to premier streaming network to check that out. If you're into comic books, you go to BrokenIconComics.com. You can check out all the uh, amazing comic books there. Uh, if you are wanting to follow me on social media, it's The Real Al Snow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. TikTok's now Real Al Snow 1 because I changed phones and I couldn't access my account. And I had to make a new one. So, uh, But it's Real Al Snow 1 and, uh, because I couldn't use my own name. Uh, and uh, Comics and book. I, oh, in the book, yes. Uh, my uh, autobiography, uh, self-help, uh, life lessons from the bizarre wrestling career of Al Snow on Amazon.com. Remember, September 13th, 
Netflix. Please, yes. everyone, spread the oh, word. They will. They will. You thank everyone's help in getting the word out that uh, wrestlers will be out um, on September 13th on Netflix. Al, I, I just got, I got to end it with this because we always talk about the conversation beforehand. Yes. Okay. What about the nail gun dude? Okay. Yeah. Bro, he wakes up the next morning. Oh, yeah. He don't remember his name. He, he don't know where he is. I, I, I better take, yeah, I better drive myself. Yeah, one eyes a little droopy. I better drive myself to the emergency ward. The doctor walks in. What's that conversation? The doctor walks in. There's a nail <laughs> sticking out of the top of his head like a unicorn. Yes. What the hell happened to you? Are you, did any of it happened at work? Are you a construction worker? No. Uh, carpenter? No. Uh, what are you? What do you do? I'm a professional wrestler. Excuse me? Yeah, I'm a professional wrestler. How did you get a nail in your head? Well, I was wrestling this guy and he thought it would be a great spot where he'd take the nail gun, but if he held it up really high, <laughs> it don't go this far. But last night, my buddy couldn't get it out. And I thought, well, it'll be all right. I'll wait till the swelling goes down. I'll go to the hospital in the morning. And uh, yeah, so that's why I'm here, Doc. And he had just and the doctor's just like probably standing there with the Tom and Jerry train face going. Al, listen, now that you got all kinds of stroke stroke with Netflix, <laughs> bro, what you just laid out, bro, that's Joe. That that's a show. We <laughs> got that's a show, bro. We gotta have this spot. I want to host it. Yes, I, I want yes. to host it. I want to go to all of these independent shows and just film these conversations taking yes. place and yes. then the resultant activity. That's, that's a show. Important. And then the then the aftermath of them uh, trying to get a claw hammer and pry this. Yes, down. that's a show. All right, let, let's wait till these first seven episodes are done and it's yeah. and it's huge and you they got all kinds of stroke. In the country to all of these independent shows. Having these conversations, and I'll, I'll I'll interview them. You know, <laughs> how do you think this is going to play out? And then we'll watch it and see how it takes place and see the oh injuries. That's me, a show. That's a show. All right, listen, the great Al Snow, bro. September thirteenth, everybody's going to watch this show, and everybody's going to be freaking blown away. Go watch the trailer right now, guys. Go watch the trailer. Just go. Trail is amazing. Go just go to Netflix.com. The trailer will come up. All right, Al. Say goodbye. Right. We made it on uh, I forget the site. We're the we're on there 37 uh shows that must be watched this fall. And that covers all platforms. Well that that, that that that's without it being seen. Wait till it's seen. Yeah. 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 All right. Say say goodbye, Al. Bye. Go shoot a nail in your own head, Al. All right. <laughs> for shits and giggles. All right. The great Al Snow, everybody. <laughs> What uh, outs too much, man. Greg, you know, listen, I say this all the time, man. Good things happen to good people. God, bro, does is there anybody more deserving than Al to get this snow? Uh, to get this snow, to get this show, bro. Absolutely amazing. Guys, check it out. September 13th, Netflix wrestlers. And check out, bro, our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Russo TWC. I'll see you next week, bro. Take care.